0: I'm Sarah Elizabeth Smith, and this is the Theosophia Podcast, a platform for women's voices in theology. You can find us on all the social media outlets and anywhere you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out our Patreon page and consider supporting this labor of love podcast for women's empowerment. Happy belated Thanksgiving, y'all. I hope y'all had a some good quality time with your friends and family and church or your your chosen family. My intro today will be centered on things I'm particularly thankful for right now. So this Thanksgiving we were at my mom's side, which is where most of my cousins are. There's about eight of us in total. And some of us now have spouses and kids, so it's always really fun to time to get together and share stories and drink mimosas and put together some some puzzles and whatnot. My cousins and I try to get together about once a month to hang out anyways. We're all around the same age, so I'm so thankful for them and their presence and love in my life. We've been close since we were little kids, so it's such a blessing to be living so close to each other again. I also got the pleasure and privilege to grade a mountain of tests and assignments, so that was a real what I like to call a low-light of my week, but I am thankful, so thankful for my job and the kids I work with, even though they drive me nuts sometimes, they make me a better human and they teach me things and bring things out of me that I don't think I would have learned and I certainly would, have, would not have grown in the ways I have grown if I wasn't working with them and, and for them. It's an honor to be their teacher and their coach and their mentor. And lastly, I'm really thankful for the opportunity to pursue Holy Orders in the Diocese of Oklahoma. So my priest came to me last week and gave me my paperwork I needed to start filling out. And y'all, the paperwork is literally 20 pages long, so you can imagine how much I have to write and put together and organize. It's going to take several months on top of everything else I've got going on in life right now. But they're due in May, so I have plenty of time. But he advised me to start working on them now, so we have plenty of time to revise them and do all the things we need to do. But he also told me something that brought me a lot of relief and joy, and a little bit of emotion. I don't don't know if y'all knew this, but I started this process of discernment for ordination in the state of Tennessee when I was getting my Master's of Theology degree at Vanderbilt several years ago, and the bishop of that diocese would not ordain LGBT folk, so... I knew I'd have to leave at some point, as did several other of my dear, dear friends who felt a call to holy orders, but in Oklahoma, I don't have to worry about that, and I'm, I'm so thankful, and my priest has assured me that I don't have to come in defending myself for being a woman or being gay or whatever it is, I just need to, to let my gifts and talents shine through, and who I am as a woman of God would, will be enough. So thank you, Father Tim, for your belief in me and all the other clergy members that have been nudging me along this path for the last four years now. I am i can't wait to get started. So pray for me, y'all. It's going to be a wild journey. But one more thing, last thing, I wanted to thank the listeners of Theosophia. Y'all make this passion project worth it. The emails and texts and calls and DMs I get about, about how y'all appreciate hearing women's voices in theology and what it means to you is why I do this. And I will continue to do it as long as I have the time and the energy, God willing. I love y'all and keep those positive vibes coming. It really means a lot to me and and helps me stay energized to do this work. Okay, this is The Last Week with Rev. Anita Peoples, who is the Associate Pastor for Next Generation Ministries at Seattle First Baptist Church. In this episode, we discuss her work on atonement theology for children. Atonement theology is more or less the meaning of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension. It can be really heavy stuff, so Anita's strategy for presenting this to children is is fantastic, and I think super helpful for even adults who are learning about atonement for the first time or or just trying to explore their theological understandings of God more. I hope you all enjoy this one. Here is Reverend Anita. Let's get into the other part. Is that cool? Sure. Okay. So like we mentioned earlier, your passion is for children's ministry, um, which is really fascinating. And I haven't talked to anyone specifically about this yet. So I'm really excited to talk about it because I don't know anything about children's ministry. That is not my forte. I did Mm -hmm. like one stint with the youth group and I was like, get me out of (laughs) here. Like, Far, far away. I can't handle it. Too, too, like I already have to coach high school girls, but like, oh, this is too much. I couldn't do it. Not for me. Not my gifts and talents. So, you did your MDiv project, or like your thesis on? Let me read. Let me read the. Let's see what it's called. Suffering the little children to come unto me non-traumatizing alternatives to atonement theology for early Christian education. So you are going to talk about atonement theology and how to talk about it differently. And I don't, I'm with you. I don't like atonement theology or how it's been characterized over the last millennia. The fathers of the church just, I mean, from their context and their lived experience, I think it makes sense how they came up with this, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's very helpful anymore or like that true of what was going on really. Um, but why don't we, what, what, first of all, like what made you want to do think about atonement theology in doing this project? I'm sure obviously you want to talk about children, but what, what about Mm -hmm. atonement was important to you to talk through, think through?
1: Yeah. Um, so this project really came out of um, a, a class that I, I took at Vanderbilt Divinity School on um, about children's ministry. Um, and we were, we were talking about, um, you know, the different seasons of the church year and, um, and child development and all of these things and telling, telling the stories of the church to the youngest people among us. And, um, and then my professor, um, Lib Caldwell, um, invited me and a, and a few other students to participate in writing this Bible storybook um, that, has, that was published early in 2018. Um, and she assigned me the section on Holy Week to write for, for that storybook. And I realized like, I had no idea what I was doing and I had glossed over atonement theology like so much. And I was just kind of like, oh, I just won't think about Jesus death, <laughs> And I'll just leave that over there. Cause like, really, I'm a, really, I'm a Christian, uh, for Christmas and for the, <laughs> the incarnation, and, like, and like that part of embodiment, um, is yeah. just like so much more accessible to me. So I'd really yeah. just like not thought about it so much because it's hard and it's uncomfortable. And I don't like thinking about death. <laughs> and, um, and it was just, like, really scary. Um, and, and throughout my theological education, I just feel like I was receiving all of these stories of, like, you know, uh, women and people of color and people who are gender nonconforming and, like, uh, folks who are not, like, the normative white cisgender male um like straight as well like um and having having people say that like the uh, the atonement theology and the suffering servant model of understanding jesus um were just like not accessible to them mm-hmm. and, and and that really only works for the people who have the most power um who like really need to like make their uh, make themselves low because they're used to being in leadership and, Mm -hmm. um, and having, having that power in society and, and in the church. Um, I mean, kind of like, you know, when, when the apostle Paul, um, who I, I struggle with, um, (laughs) sometimes, um, when he talks about like making yourself low and, you know, like curbing your ego and, you know, you need to be humble. I'm just like, people who have not been in power, um, like they don't have that problem as Mm -hmm. much. Like we don't have that problem as much. Like that's very, that's very much like meant for the folks who are used to, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, having their voices heard the most. Um, and so the more that I was finding out that that was problematic, I was just like, I was just like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, what are we doing with this atonement theology? And like, I used to think a lot about the the story of Abraham and Isaac, um, and the the lesson that I heard from that story is um, is that you know God was not asking Abraham to do anything that God was not willing to do, um, so it was okay for God to tell Abraham that um, that he had to to kill his son because God was willing to do that too. Like that's how much God loves us that like that that's the level of sacrifice and like yeah, that's a huge huge sacrifice, but also like what kind of God would
0: like oh, that's fucked up.
1: Yeah, it is. And like do we want to be worshipping a God that is okay with um with like parents killing their children and like um just
0: because God said
1: so, murder. like yeah, just because God said so, like no other reasons are clearly given, um, and I know that there's um, there's midrash that has made a lot of uh, a lot of different discoveries and um, and imaginings about that story, um, but I think the Christian tradition really, like we don't have the space to
0: Mm-mm. to
1: wonder and to create other meanings and. So like this, this really shitty reading of that story and this really shitty reading of, um, of Jesus death have been passed down that are like really harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like that's how much, that's how much you love someone that you're willing to kill something. Um, because I don't believe that, that God, uh, a God of love and a God of justice would, would in any way harm um, harm their offspring, um, or like intentionally harm. So, so that's, um, that's just really hard. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and, um, you were saying that, you know, maybe, maybe the story was trying to, to get at something that was true, but the, the story, the way that it was written is, is not the truest thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that like for me, what, um, what I have discovered um, I maybe like discovered that I think <laughs> throughout this process of doing of doing research about various folks and their ideas about atonement um, and about Jesus' death and resurrection is that they were just they were trying to mostly capture the um, the awesome like truth that love continues beyond death, and that um, that like the forces that are working for good and for justice in the world, um, they can't be kept down. Um, and the resurrection is really, is really where we're, where we're going. Mm -hmm. Um, that like they're, um, you know, again, with like the, the nature metaphors that like the seeds that are planted in the ground, they're seeds, they're living, they're things that are going to come up and bear more seeds and more fruit. And, Um, And there's that, there's that circle that, that happens, that never ending process Mm -hmm. um, of creation and recreation. Mm -hmm. And, and that to me is a, is a really amazing lesson um, to get from, to get from the resurrection, um, from the death and resurrection. And also like, it's, it's a really political story. You know? Um, and I think that a lot of Christians, a lot of churches, I mean, certainly the stories that I heard when I was, um, really until I got to divinity school, (laughs) um, would just erase that political history, Mm -hmm. um, of like the Roman empire, um, you know, killing a, killing a a marginalized dissident, um, and like blaming it on that person's own people. like that's a story that is completely relevant to our world right now. 100%. Um, and, and that's a story that, you know, maybe we forget that part of it, uh, mm. conveniently and we don't want to think about it. Um, and probably particularly in, um, more well-to-do white churches. Um, we, it's, it's very convenient for us to, mm-hmm. you know, shove that off to the side. Um, because we're the empire there Mm -hmm. and sitting in the United States, um, we're the empire Mm -hmm. and that's uncomfortable for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so now let's teach this to kids. So, (laughs) okay, kids, listen, Yep. (laughs) listen, this guy, you know, died for us and was killed violently because we're sinners and we needed to be saved. You needed to be saved because you're a piece of shit, but because Jesus died, now you're not a piece of shit. Like, how do we, why can't we tell that story? First of all, to kids, when should we tell kids about that story and what's a different story?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, those are those are the sections of my project. Right, right? Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> um, attack
0: all those at once, please.
1: Yeah. Uh so um the the question of like why is that story uh harmful. Um I think that if we tell the story the way that you just said, um, that is the way that a lot of Christians receive it, the mm-hmm. way that I received it. Mm-hmm. Um, like that that really just sets sets children up for, for guilt and shame.
0: Um, and it's confusing. Yeah. It's theologically I, confusing.
1: Yes. So like there's a lot of theological gymnastics that you have to do to like fit everything in and to figure out like, why does that mean this? And even when you go into like the histories of, um, of blood atonement, um, mm-hmm like, it's still not terribly clear, like, how, like, killing another, another living creature and spilling that blood is, like, helpful to, it to seems like my, just... like, you know, my sins somewhere out there.
0: It seems really just symbolic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it doesn't really do anything magical. It's weird. It's, like, one of the weirdest things ever is reading about that in the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in our culture today. I and mean, we just, that there's not much, I mean, maybe like indulgences in the Catholic church, like here, mm-hmm. give some money you messed up. Give us your money. That's just smart for the mm-hmm. church to do. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and people kind of do that, you know, still today of like,
0: right. They feel well, guilty. So we're yeah. going to hide more or something.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's all out of, it's all out of guilt and shame. Right. Um. And like, if we're trying to instill a value in children that like, that there's this, there's this being that created us to love people and to do good in the world, like, how is that, how is that helpful to have this extremely violent passage and to, to ignore like the, the reality of the political situation and, um, yeah. Like that's just, that's just really weird. Um, and like, I also think that, uh, people really sell sh- children short. Um, and like children in so many ways are just like extremely tuned to, um, tuned to violence in the world. I mean, they, they're walking around the same world that we're walking around as adults. Um, They know that there are people who are mean and there are people who die. And like, maybe they don't, you know, develop a sense of like really what death means um, until, until a little bit later in life. Um, But, but like, they know that that violence happens Mm -hmm. and I don't think it does us any good to, to ignore that. You know, I'm um, I'm not necessarily advocating for like talking to a three year old about like police brutality, um, hmm. on, like for for Good Friday, but also like they probably know about that already,
0: right? They're playing the video, like they're, my kids are on Fortnite all the time. They're yeah, playing like Call of Duty and shoot them up, kill them up since some kids super super young. Yeah.
1: And like I've had preschoolers that come and tell me that like somebody in their family just went to jail and somebody in their family died and somebody in their family was shot
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like they know. And so, you know, to to talk about Jesus um, and how like the love continued even though Jesus was, was not there um, or like the... The part of the part of God that, um, that is always creating and always giving life, like that's Mm -hmm. not something that ever ends. Mm -hmm. Um, and and that so, like, even though you know somebody went to jail or somebody, um, somebody died, like, like that person that love is still continuing, and Mm -hmm. there's and there's still like there's still good things happening in the world somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, like, yeah, this is really hard, and like, kids aren't going to buy part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you ask, like, when is the right time to talk to children about this? Um, and I really think that, like, you can you can start in in preschool. You know, as children are developing their um, their like emotional sensibilities and um, starting to differentiate, like. I am me and you are you and our feelings are different. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that, that's an opening to, you can talk about sad stories and just like name it. Like this story is hard. Yeah. This might be scary. Right. Like when, what, what are the other scary stories that you've heard? Um, You know, what do you do when you are sad? Because this is a story about the disciples being really sad. Mm -hmm. Something really sad happened. Um, and just like telling it from that um, emotional awareness side, um, maybe for the earliest, the earliest listeners, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they have sad stories and they have they have experiences, you know, even in their four years on this planet, like mm-hmm. that that maybe will help them build empathy with this mm-hmm. story. And then as you and then as you get older, you can explore those other political aspects you know like mm-hmm. fourth graders are gonna are gonna be asking like you know i saw this on the news my parents were watching this or my grandparents said this thing right. like what does that mean <clears throat> and i'm like well you know that reminds me of of the story of jesus mm-hmm. like he was he was trying to do good and helpful things in the world and uh, and people were afraid that he would that he would change the world so much that they wouldn't they wouldn't get to tell people what to do anymore,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know they they did mean things to him. They did really awful things, yeah. and now he's dead, and that's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't think we need to cover anything up for children, right?
0: But then the theology piece of what, like, why did that have to happen? And maybe that's not even that's not even the good question because I don't think it had to. I don't think it had to happen. God could have done um whatever god wanted to yeah um to come in and be with humanity i think the incarnation was enough for me right 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 like, like
1: I'm, not, I'm not christmas christian <laughs> yeah right like i take me there
0: I like i don't need a lot of meaning in it besides humans are evil you know like that's all that taught me even when i read mm-hmm. it today like i don't yeah dying for my sin like God gave us the capacity to sin from the beginning. So, like, was that our, our fault? Like, there's so many questions that that brings up. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, and and I don't think that's the right question. The like, the why did that have to happen? Because mm-hmm. like, does state violence ever have to happen? Right. Like, no. Like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. In the way. In the ways that we see that a lot, and. Um, but I, maybe this is just because I'm, you know, a a realist at certain times, you know, but like, it's just that it's like descriptive of our world of like sometimes good, bad things happen to good people and it is, and it is sad, but then there are lessons that continue. There is, there are love and relationships that continue. Mm -hmm. I and mean, like even you know when jesus ascended into heaven like the holy spirit came down like there is a continuation of that of that relationship that teaches mm-hmm. us how to live and how to be in this world mm-hmm. and that um you know tells the the powers of darkness or the the scary things that happen or the people who are mean mm-hmm. um and violent that like they're not they're not going to have their way all the time they're not going to win Mm-hmm. Um, that there are, there are other forces pushing back at them. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess like one of my, one of my main things is, is like, don't underestimate the children. Like, don't, don't cover things up for them. Don't pretend that you have all the answers mm-hmm. because like, I'm a pastor. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> right. A fifth grader the other night, like at our youth group, you know, we were saying, we were trying to figure out like what questions we want to ask this year. And, um, so we can, we can plan like what parts of the Bible are we going to read? And like, what community organizations are we going to learn about and explore and help advocate for, you know, so we're just like, what questions you have in your mind? And, and this fifth grader was like, pastor Anita, why did Jesus have to die anyway? And I was just like, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a great question, you know, and like we're gonna talk about that together. Um, you know, like they they are they are asking this mm-hmm. and um and I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Like there but are some probably, things that are inexplicable.
0: Yeah. But you probably don't go into a spiel about well, well sin. Yeah. <laughs> right (laughs) right like this notion of original sin a lot of people don't realize was created by augustine Mm -hmm. in the first century second century um it's not in the text Um, yeah that there was some i don't know sure like there was the story of adam and eve you know falling from god's grace and they made a bad decision um but, uh, the potentiality for evil was always there, and I don't know how much blood like you said, blood sacrifices haven't done a whole lot, but besides making you feel really bad about killing something, and I feel really bad about mm-hmm. Jesus dying, but like, what does it have to do with me? yeah, because, you know, like the incarnation makes sense, God came to be amongst us and be with us and share mm-hmm. our experience. I can make like okay, yeah like God dying at the hands of men of the state just seems to be like another news story. That's unfortunate, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't really hold a lot of significance of, I don't know, these big words we like to use redemption and Mm -hmm. salvation. um, And so
1: much of this is like used as a, as like, behavioral control right and, and more about I, that. yeah so i mean like i remember <laughs> i remember this um the the sunday school lesson that i remember the most from like kindergarten sunday school was we had a we had a jar of water and we had some dirt and um and we talked about that passage i think it's in romans 9 of like uh everyone has sinned and fallen short fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And we like poured dirt into the glass of pure water and um, we shook it around mm-hmm. and the dirt is the sin and the pure water is our soul. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the sin contaminates our soul and then try to get it out. Nothing can get it out. Mm-hmm. And that's the
0: end. Like that's where we were left. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but then, but then Jesus.
1: Yeah. I've, I've seen uh, on many different um, like, you know, Christian education websites. Like you can, you can peruse them yourself uh, (laughs) of like, you know, different like chemistry experiments that you can do and like ways to like, you know, turn, turn the water clear again and like, you know, show, show that Jesus like turns our soul clear again. Um, But like, we did that jar thing. And then, and then it was like, so every time, like you lie to your parents and every Mm -hmm. time you steal a toy from your brother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you don't want to play with someone and like all of these different, like things that, you know, are like kids being kids and kids learning um, that are, that are legit like processes of, younger humans learning how to be older humans. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, not to say like lying or stealing is, is good. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but these are part of, part of the learning process. And so like that, those things were told to me as like, you have to behave this particular way. Mm -hmm. You have to be perfect. You have to be, um, you know, I think as a girl, I also heard ladylike, right um but like there is a specific way of behaving and if you do anything outside that like you just get more dirt in your jar and mm-hmm. it's just harder and harder mm-hmm. to to get it out and um and like you're contaminated you're dirty mm-hmm. you're um you know like you, you can't drink this water it's not worth anything mm-hmm. um and i just think that's really crappy you know it like
0: so simplistic it's so like you said dualistic in your paper it's dualistic thinking that
1: yeah. That doesn't it's help different.
0: anyone. It's, doesn't, it's not helpful and it's not real.
1: Yeah. Because all, all people have so many, so many things inside of us and like the nicest people among us, like do mean things sometimes mm-hmm. and like are, are not perfect. Like there's no perfect. And, um, and to like place that expectation on, on young children, And, um, and to place like the fear of not being perfect Mm -hmm. and like having, having again, like that guilt and shame for like having more dirt in your pure jar of water. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's really unfair to them. And I think like takes a part of, of the exploration of life, like out of, out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're always like watching your back because Jesus is going to be checking up on you kind of like. You know, kinda of like Santa does, right? Like I see you when you're sleeping, I, I know when you're awake, I know right, if you're really. bad or good. Yeah. Um like that's that's creepy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, and like it's it's used as um this this atonement theology is used as behavioral control in lots mm-hmm. of ways. And it's also used to excuse suffering, you know. Well Jesus suffered. Mm. Jesus suffered and so you can take this. Mm-hmm. Um and it's been used to keep people in relationships with domestic violence mm-hmm. and with um, sexual abuse, and to mm-hmm. keep children quiet after abuse. You know, Jesus suffered. Suffering is good for you. Suffering leads to redemption. Suffering leads to salvation. And maybe, like, maybe people do learn something from suffering
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, on an individual basis. But like, I am in no way comfortable with making um, making that into that simplistic telling of you know like it's good for you the end
0: right right
1: um because because like is violence ever good for you i no. No.
0: um
1: i'm you know i know that there's more complicated things in that but Mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna tell somebody who is in a in is in a domestic violence situation that jesus suffered so they should too yeah (laughs) and that that excuse is it
0: yeah so what what would you tell a kid? Like how would you go about teaching this?
1: So I said a little bit before um yeah. but I, I really lean into the um the social emotional learning mm-hmm. side of it and um and acknowledging that like there are stories in the Bible that are really sad, really mm-hmm. scary, confusing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and like making space for all of their emotions. Mm-hmm. Um so one of the things that I that I um, layout in in my paper um, is a template for a good friday service or a holy friday service um, mm-hmm. i'd rather use that language for children um, that allows them to enter into the um, the story of jesus being killed um, and and like doesn't just leave them there um, mm-hmm. you know a, a lot of adults can go to like a tenebrae service where the, where it's light at the beginning and then slowly throughout the service, the lights get darker and darker and darker. Um, and, and, you know, maybe adults are more comfortable in sitting in the darkness, um, and until, you know, the light of Easter morning. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think that we should leave children there. So, Mm -hmm. so, um, even just in the in like the ambiance of the, of the room, um, that I've outlined in the, in the Holy Friday service for kids. It's like, there's, there's candles at the beginning and then you get down all the way to one candle, but like that candle, like that, that light of God's love, like is never going to go out. Mm -hmm. Um, that that flame is always, is always burning. And Mm -hmm. it was burning even when the disciples were really sad. And Mm -hmm. even when, um, you know, Mary thought that everything was, was lost because her son had died. Um, that light is always burning. And then slowly throughout the rest of the service, we, we get back up to the, um, to full, fully lit again. Um, and it makes space for, for children to talk about the emotions and to talk about like, maybe, uh, maybe they've had somebody die. Maybe their, their cat died or their dog died or their grandfather passed away or they saw somebody on the news that died. Um, and really just like, you know, sits in that, in that learning with them, Mm -hmm. um, and, and doesn't seek to offer any answers or any platitudes. Um, but just like, uh, that I think the model is really accompaniment of them through the story, Mm -hmm. slowly making space for them to feel their feelings, um, to ask the questions, um, Make space for the for the adults to also ask questions mm-hmm. and um, and to say like you know let's explore this together um, so that's that's the model that I use you know like there I don't think there are are magic answers um, mm-hmm. at all, um, but I think in terms of like the the pedagogy that will hopefully not be not be as traumatizing to kids or mm-hmm. Um, or leave them with all of these ideas and feelings and questions like churning within them. Mm -hmm. Um, it'll, it'll make space for them to, to be kids and to explore and, um, and to, to wonder and to realize that, um, that like the death is not the, is not the end, right. That there's something, something after death. Um, for the people who are, who love us and, um, and for the, for Jesus who was, was teaching us how, how to live.
0: That was awesome. You have anything else you want to say about all that? Yeah. Um, I
1: guess like I would, I would be really glad to like, um, share that Holy Friday service with people, Mm -hmm. um, for kids. Like, um, if, if people wanted to like try it out, like I, I really want to be, um, continuing to make it make it better and make it more useful for people Mm -hmm. Um, and so like last uh, last year during holy week several friends of mine from various denominations um, utilized the either the whole holy friday service or the um, or like pieces of it and Mm -hmm. like then we got together and talked about it um, to try to make it better so um, I'd be really glad to to have more people put their eyes on it and, you know, help me learn some more and help, um, and help me make it more useful for people.
0: Great. Well, how can people find you on the internet and the world and get in touch with you if they wanted? Obviously people can, you know, shoot me an email at Theosophia gmail, but Mm -hmm. people find you.
1: Um, so I have a blog that, uh, I really need to update it actually. I need to put my more sermons on there, but, um, It's feeling the light at WordPress. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Feeling the light. And, um, and then I'm also, uh, I love Instagram. I'm on Instagram, (laughs) um, as, as Revanita Peebles. So, um, there's always like, you know, some cool children's book that I love, like popping up on there or just, or just like, you know, silly photos of, of, me in my office um at church <laughs> getting ready for godly play or something um yeah but folks can feel feel free to like reach out and and chat and i want to continue learning so i welcome that
0: awesome well, thank you Thanks again, Reverend Anita, for sharing your story and your wisdom with us. You are a true gift to the world and the Seattle community is so lucky to have you. If any of you are ministers who work with children, please don't hesitate to reach out to Reverend Anita. She's being super sincere when she says she loves to work with people, uh, making liturgies and theological education uh, for children more accessible. So please hit her up. And next week, I'll be sharing a conversation I had with my first international minister and my first Presbyterian minister, Reverend Michelle Wahila. I can't wait to share that one with y'all. It's really good. And as always, please follow us on all the social media outlets and consider donating to the Theosophia Patreon page. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.